We are live. Fapping aggressively. Jeez, I've never heard that. Me fapping? You've never heard it? I don't want to continue this conversation. <laughs> My iconic that might cost more than a dime. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Uh, welcome back to Dime Comic Bros. I was about to say happy hour because it's dark outside, but it's just the regular episode. Yes. Happy hour happens next. Yes. I am Spencer, one of your co-hosts, joined by Jacob, the other guy. Colin's not here. Yeah, uh, Colin is on a hiatus right now to work on his comic at the moment. Uh, he'll be doing this for a few months. We got it coming up, so uh, get more used. More than one month. More than a few. He has a, an actual deadline to work on, so rest in peace, uh, the, the tism as an energy. Uh, you have to put up with the two of us. So my condolences, or you're welcome. I can't tell how it's going. Mm. We'll find out. Yes. That was a big gulp. It's a big cup. You gulp aggressively. No comment. <laughs> uh, so this week, month, whatever. This week. Yes. Right now. In this moment. Uh, isn't that a band name? In this moment? I believe so. Seems like a band name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, we read and are going to be discussing The Guardians of the Galaxy by Al Ewing. It is a trade paperback collection. I think it also comes in hardcover. This consists of... In This Moment is an American rock band from Los Angeles, California, formed by singer Maria Brink and guitarist Chris Holworth in 2005. They found Jeff Fab with two Bs and started the band as Dying Star. It is technically uh, of the metal genre. Uh, woman singer, I'm interested. Yep. So this book consists of Rocket, uh, Issues 1 through 6, the miniseries, which was written by Al Ewing and art by Adam Gorham. She looks poopy. I, I dig it. <laughs> uh, and it includes Guardians of the Galaxy 1 through 18, as well as annual number 1. The first five issues are all, so all of them are written by Ali Wang. Mm -hmm. uh, the pencils for one through five are provided by Juan Cabal. Six through eight is Marcid Takara. It doesn't matter. Don't go through all the artists. Writer Al Ewing. Yes. Um, so this is the rung, the rung, the run that, that's probably actually smart. No, it's not. <laughs> this is supposed to stop the bouncing that's going this way. Boo-hoo! <laughs> um, don't, don't make me take my slippers off. Oh, no! Not the feet! They smell bad. Oh, thanks. Thank you for letting me know ahead of time. Uh, so this is the run that follows on after the Donnie Cates run that we talked about a month or so ago. Um, that was before the Donnie Cates run. No, this one is after. Ah, interesting. The next, next one is before. Actually, all the next ones are before. Great. <laughs> I, I attempted to order them in a better way. Anyways, uh, it primarily starts off on its own, uh, and then it intersects with... Annihilation, Empire with a Y, because it looks cool, 
King in Black, and then the Hellfire Gala. That's what I counted. Yes. But, in the beginning, it starts off really, really good, without a lot of interference with other events. Yeah, because it starts with six issues of Rocket having his own run, and he's just Ranger Rocket again, but also maybe he's a detective or whatever. He's just, like, having a hard time in space on a space adventure. I fucking, it's so good. I fucking love the first six issues. Yeah. So, the, so I was already kind of sold on that part of the book, but the fifth issue, I believe, fourth or fifth issue, where Deadpool co-leads was what actually sold me on it. Not because Deadpool is that interesting all the time, but because the way that Deadpool was written really demonstrated how much Al Ewing understands Marvel characters in general. What, like, Deadpool's actually sad and shit. Like, it's not just meme Deadpool, you know? Mm-hmm. It was, he was provided some level of depth. And even though it's like, wow, look, popular character, please sell the book, it was written in a way that felt... Um, I really... Sorry. I, I, it was written in a way that felt a lot more thoroughly thought out. And I think that they make a really cool pairing. I felt that way with Rocket Raccoon through the whole book. Like, it seemed like Al's favorite character. Because there's a lot of attention on Rocket. And he's just... He's perfect in this run, I'd say. He's like a good mix of like... Can fix anything he wants to like in the movies. But also he's got the big guns and is all about the violence and then he's also like always in his off time in the bar getting plastered and but he's not a shithead anymore because right. and the, he's the, funny through the whole thing he makes solid jokes yeah the um they reference it a few times after he had uh, after the the uh fallout i guess from the last run where he had where he like was dying and shit mm-hmm. um and then they, he had all of his mechanical parts taken out like he's not depressed now or whatever. Like he's actually like on the up and up, which I, I I felt it felt like a nice continuation of that plot point, I guess, from the previous book, uh, but without making it like I, a direct sequel. I guess it's just actually acknowledging what came before and is like, oh, so this character is in a different place. Let's write about that because it's fun. It was frustrating trying to read this book and having. So many crossovers with so many other events. It was like, it felt like this would have been God's here run if it wasn't hampered by everything happening in Marvel Comics at the time. But because everything's going on, it just... We'd get one good episode and then two tie-in issues to something else that's happening. It was so frustrating. I agree. Um, I think most of the tie-ins are solidly well done. Like, they don't feel like they pull the plot entirely away from where it was going. Um, but, yeah, you can't you can't really get away from editorial demands. Um, but the with the couple of issues, particularly the first four or five, I'd say, are really, really good. Um, so, Nova, Brick Rider... Dick Ryder. Rick How Rick Ryder. Ever get past it? Because it was like the 70s. Oh my gosh. Um so the Nova uh is like the only Nova left from the Nova Corps because they kind of all died in the last run. Um needs to recruit people to help him take out uh the reincarnated versions of the Greek gods. I think that's the Greek the Greek pantheon. Um, so he tries to recruit some of the guardians. They're in family. They're literally doing the fast and furious, like family barbecue at the beginning of the book where they're all just kind of sitting there grilling, you know, mm-hmm. 
I know you've never seen those movies, but nope. I know you know that happens. Yes. You know, where they all just sit around, they're like, ah, mm, I love me a good cup of family. And then the movie ends, and then they morb all over the place. Um, <laughs> I really like the opening of this book, and it puts it, 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 I think it sets it up for an interesting dynamic, where the team splits off, Rocket and, um, Tran, Rocket and Star-Lord go with Nova to help with the gods, they kind of get decimated, um, and then it causes a lot of internal strife within the group, they break off into different subgroups and then they all start infighting and stuff and some of that got a little overwhelming i think uh because there's so many like time skips and stuff mm -hmm. but that was definitely the most interesting part of this book um peter dying and then going to some fucking like other dimension for a millennia was awesome <laughs> there's one the one issue that shows it i really wish was like five he just goes to acid trip land and has children and shit, and is like, he comes back, like, enlightened. It's fucking awesome. There were, like, three or four times where there was a very specific issue for a character, and the page layout is changed for that issue. Yes. Uh, there's a Drax and uh, Moon Dragon one as well that I thought was really well. Right. I'm really not familiar with those characters in the comics, like, at all. So it's a little bit, um, I've seen, I'm a little lost. Uh, Moon Dragon and Phyla, um, in other, I think it was other Guardians. Yeah, they're always books. around. They yeah. were in the Donny Cates run as well. I it's just, just don't know a whole lot about them. I think they've been around since, since like, near the beginning. They're to just... be honest, Moon Dragon seems overpowered and underused, and her, her... Negative trait. Her freaking... The two bears that are inside her. No, I guess the, the negative character trait for her is like, my wife and I are fighting again. Like, it's, it's the only thing that I've seen... Like, she seems very one-note. That's In fair. this way. That's all I've seen. I get that. I find the conflict in this book interesting because... Um, Moondragon absorbs another version of herself into their brain, so there's... <laughs> I thought that was really cool, and it made sense for there to be conflict. But yes. I do agree, any other time I've seen them is just... It does tend to be fighting. Something, Same something... Same Peter Quill and Gamora. This is true, also. They're usually either fighting or killing each other, or fucking very violently. I was really happy to see that they were married and liked each other and wanted to hang out. And then don't, that, that went away almost immediately. I was like, come on! I that's don't true. want the same beats. Yeah, that's fair. Um... I really like how much, uh, how present Nova was. He became less present in the run as it went on, but especially in the beginning, I like how um, it acknowledged Annihilation, which is a super underrated, like, Marvel event. It's mm -hmm. one of their best, like, not it's contained because nothing happens. Like, half of the cosmic universe changes drastically, mm -hmm. but it's very just its own book. You can buy, like, the Annihilation, like, hardcover, and that's the whole thing. Nice. Um, and it's a, it's a Nova event, and it's fucking awesome. And, like, I like how much this acknowledges, like, all of that stuff that happened. Like, when him and Gamora and Star-Lord were, like basically going to war together and like acknowledging their past history I thought was really well done um 
despite the Gamora and Peter bickering stuff that popped in and out of the book, I did find like the weird friendship triangle kind of interesting. Not even kind, just just interesting. I like how well it's done. It feels. I don't really feel like there's a way to. I, it, it it they actually feel like friends. They it don't, felt like old news. It's like, hey, we used to be a thing a long time ago. Can we just move on and yeah. talk? Yeah. Very good. I've brought that up a lot lately in a lot of different like movies or books or whatever. Like appreciating that type of emotional maturity, despite us talking about picture books for adults. Um, like that type of approach to relationships, rather, especially in like this medium where usually those sorts of things are very forgotten about, you know, every new writer overhauls everything and it's a way to acknowledge what's happened in the past and not try to forget about it. Just to like treat it like normal people would, you know, I, I thought that was cool. The Nova issue where he sits down and goes to therapy was great. <laughs> I really, really like that and one. There's a lot of that continuing on from that issue. That felt a lot like uh, Heroes in Crisis. Yes. Yes, but it much felt better. Very, very similar. Yes, um, that was pretty cool. So uh, I have a general complaint about all comics. I don't like the side by side pages with the nine frames. Really? I don't like classic comic panels. Because I never know if I have to read across both pages. Or read 1 through 3, 4 through 6, 7 through 9 on one page, and then the other page. Okay, that makes sense. That's it's, fair. It's okay to split it up over a page break and turn the page, and it's there. That's good. But side by side, sucks. That's fair. And that stuff would change with, like, whether it's in an issue with an advertisement or not. Because those sorts of things get shifted around with um, right. re republishing and re reprinting. Um it seems to happen a lot where they're side by side, and I don't understand why. Why is that a pattern? I do not know. Me either. Um, so a, a note, I will share for your sake, a lot of the letters are represented in this book. You have Hercules and Marvel Boy. You have <laughs> Moondragon and Phyla. You have Peter Quill on his weird acid trip where like everybody is together all the time. Uh, Al Ewing is very queer, so he does that a lot. I was going to yes. say, I, I think there was another example, so I'm like, there's a lot of letters in this, and I looked it up, and he's a bad guy like you. Yeah, no, it's something he's, like, not... I wouldn't say notorious seems kind of weird, but it's a thing that he's notated for, like, thinking through relationships a lot in his books. Like, even, and, we'll talk about it later, and, in Immortal Thor, that's already relevant. That's... What I was going to say is, like, it's not ham-fisted inclusion. No. <laughs> it's Marvel it's, Boy's cringe as fuck, but, like, he's supposed to be cringe as fuck. <laughs> he's supposed to be a Zoomer. Yeah, like, no, I'm saying, like, all these relationships weren't just, like, yeah, throw all of the gays in there and it'll be great. It was, like, well done. It was that, well yeah, written. I, I actually enjoyed most of the dynamics. Like, they didn't feel copy-pasted, like, of each other. It, it just felt like... I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, oh, those two have weird it, chemistry. It, I should... You know what? I'm going to ship them. Fuck it. It seemed like something that you could actually see in real life. Right. Wow. That's cool. I agree. Um, so, yeah. So, there's basically... Uh, if you... This book contains four other trades, if you break it down how it was published the first time, I guess. So, there's the Rocket Raccoon Run. Uh -huh. Then there's th uh, three Guardians books. Uh -huh. 
So the rocket one leads this off because chronologically it takes place before this run and it is relevant for like one issue later um, as set up for like a nothing burger. But so that I like that because it was like a revenge story from the rocket run. So they use rocket as bait and he's just sitting in a bar getting drink after drink after drink, like waiting, just shit talking over like a microphone. I really did like waiting for his brain to get shot out. And he's just like, ah, give me another. (laughs) I, I did like, I like, there's a few heists or like infiltrations in this as well that I thought were pretty well done. That's another thing I liked is that there's a mystery that happens that doesn't get solved in this book and Rocket walks in in like a suit and like a 1920s style hat and a flask and he's like (laughs) speaking through the booze. Alright, let's figure out who's done it. I was gonna say. It's so good. That started off as my favorite issue and then ended up being one of my least favorite because... There wasn't any mystery after, like, two panels. I thought that was going to be, like, a couple of issues. And then three panels in, it's like, well, we're already listing off reasons why people cannot or could have done it. And that was just disappointing. I really wish that they had milked that one for more. Because that was a really cool, dorky premise. Which, that's so lame. The the internal... Despite not being familiar with a lot of this stuff, um, the Marvel cosmic stuff in the past few years is very different than it was a few years before that. Um, So this current phase of stuff I'm very lost on. But despite being lost on so much of it and the book getting extremely distracted with so many tie-in events that are really relevant, I still followed what was going on pretty well for me. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the chemistry between all the different factions, even if I would have preferred to actually go read the event so I knew what the hell was going on. Right. Because it would be like legit <clears throat> an event one Guardians issue and then the next issue is part of another event. And it's like how I remember Jeez. I remember when this was getting published. Like this was a horrible year for Marvel in terms of how many events they had. Not all of them were bad but it was like really bad just cramming them all in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely detracts especially on the second half of the run. It ends with um, the last annihilation or whatever, which includes Doom, which was cool because Doom is great uh, when he's written well. And I thought that Doom was another event. Part of it, yeah. Ugh. Most of it's in this, but not. But yeah, there's more context to that. Um, <laughs> the event doesn't even really matter, but it's the it's the issues that have Doctor Doom in them, which I thought were really fun because him and Rocket get like body swapped, and that's funny. Um, I thought I <laughs> just were like let's mess with his ego and swap him with the raccoon. Yeah, I, I thought that that was pretty neat. Um, I liked Dormammu having a big planet head. I thought that's I think that's just cool, but yeah, it was Dormammu. Dormammu. Um, I was a little disappointed that that plot in, in the end of that event, it still hasn't gone anywhere. Actually, I looked it up because this was, this only came out like two years ago and doom has been in a few things since then, but none of them have been like, Oh yeah, by the way, you have this massive powerhouse in your back pocket. Are you going to use that? And he's like, aha, that's for the next thing. And the next thing hasn't happened yet. Dang. I have no idea if they're ever going to do a next thing. There was a sword that swallows space souls or something, and I saw the hand, and I was like, I know whose hand that is, and turned the page. I was like, I was right! I'm sitting on my porch, and I (laughs) said it out loud. Yes. Um, (laughs) It is odd, because I think uh, right now, like right moment of recording, 
Doom is in the Venom run right now. Pretty relevant, like multiple issues, mm. which is written by Al Ewing. So I have no clue if that was an editorial thing or if that was one of his ideas. Strange. No, no there's no Doctor Strange in this because he was dead. Um, yeah, it just really gets less interesting as it goes on, which is disappointing because yeah. there's so much space politics that I think are cool, but it's so much crammed into such a small book. Yeah. Like when half the events are missing, it makes it harder to follow. It's too bad because it could have been so cool. Yes. Um, this book was fifty dollars. It is paperback. It's like five hundred and forty pages, I think. It's a dense one. Yeah, and it looks good. The, I, we didn't even talk about the artwork in it. Most of it's fantastic. It looks so good. I think the I, I think the rocket one grabs my attention more because it's stylistically closer to like what I like. But there was no issue where I was like, "Wow, this art is bad." <laughs> like, no. there's some like the event issues are a little bit messier or whatever and they do change artists a lot more in the second half but the I'd the vast my, the, my only complaint about artwork was some of the covers like uh 14 15 16 covers are basically the same thing like the same uh background and then just like draw a couple of the characters from the team on it like, yeah it it felt kind of lame same thing with the first couple, three or four, it was all... Um, yeah, I think that happens just a lot with, like, relaunches in general. Yeah. It's a marketing the, thing. The first that is several, a good cover, though. The first several were cool. It looks like an old-school movie poster, but they used it several times. I think the issue that I enjoyed the art on the most was that issue where Star-Lord is in the trippy acid dimension, getting his mega star juice powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the art on that was really, really well done. The panel layouts were layered really cool. Like Triangle. I genuinely feel like that was supposed to be more than one issue, and they, for some reason they had to shorten it down. So they, they found a way to cram, like... A millennia into like one issue and yep. I was I re I went back and reread it because it looks so cool. And he gets magic magic star powers and shit. It's cool. They he has even, beard. New outfit is drippy. They didn't even like explain mostly what he's got, cause like the gods come back and they have to fight them and the gods are like, Now that you have our power, you you need to understand our point of view or and whatever. And Starlord's like, nah, fuck you. Yeah, but before that he'd been denying that it's not God powers, I'm not a God, so it's like, well, what, what the, what? I think it did a good job of acknowledging because he has really, 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 really messed up history, like in canon, like he has 50 different backstories that don't mesh together, and it's been an ongoing mission for most of the writers, I think, to make them more coherent to fit together. Mm. And I think that it kind of just goes meh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever you think is canon is canon. I don't care. But he's got a gun with cool powers now, by the way. It looks cool. He's got a god gun. Side note. Edit this out. But, like, this is one... This this in particular was one of the reasons why I, I, I retrospectively am even more disappointed with how his stupid fucking blasters work in the movies, despite really liking all three Guardians movies, is it's, like, he can bend reality with his fucking gun. Just to do whatever. This is not just this run. It just explains it more. Yeah. And then they're like, but it shoots lasers. Why and am like, I, Why am I editing that out? I don't know. It's just me whining. It's that's, not relevant to the book at all. That's kind of how... Uh, that's one big negative from the game. 
too. It's like it's just a laser gun. It it's like a freaking Nerf gun. That's lame. It's like pew pew pew, like like shooting somebody with the the wasps guns. Basically, it's Ugh. like how is it just a little freaking stinger? Like that's annoying. Cause like I get why you'd want to simplify it. Not every run needs to have an explanation for why Star Lord's gun can open god portals into yeah. death's asshole or whatever. Like, sometimes you can just make them shoot big lasers. But right. it's just such a standby. It's like, everyone has laser guns, or they can shoot lasers, or they can... Whoosh! Like, everyone does that already. Yes. So it, why make him do it with guns? If they're not... like, Why doesn't Starlord have ballistic weapons? Fuck it. Make it look like Halo. Just, he has bullets. Why does he have bullets in space? I do not know. <laughs> so for $50, page count-wise, very happy. Yes. It's a little, I'm not rushing to go get it type price point. It's um, fair for the amount of book that's in here. I plan to revisit this book when I read the other events. That's like, fair. When I read Annihilation, I'm probably going to come back and try to figure out how this fits into that. That makes sense. So, yeah? Yeah, It it's... Like, I don't know how else I would have priced it, because if you break it down into the four other trades, those are each, like, 16 to $20 each. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely a bargain. It's just not as complete of a collection. Yeah. Despite it trying to be a complete collection, it's... It collects mm, all the stories written by Al Ewing. Yes. That's which is, how they sorted it. Right. It's just, even when compared to the Donnie Cates book which was two trades that did have events around it, like a lot of them. It separated itself a little better. Mm -hmm. And that was priced, I think, that was like $35 for that hardcover. Mm -hmm. I think that's steep, but like at least it feels like you're getting the whole package and for the most part. it was a really part. good book. <laughs> I'd put the first half of this one on par with that. I think mm -hmm. it, it gets like the same vague rating in my brain because there's so much more like even if a lot more of what's there is not as great it just by sheer force like it kind of has to sit next to it well speaking of al ewing oh boy we agreed to review the recently released immortal thor number one written by al ewing holy fucking shit uh -huh. and it has uh pencils by that guy. That guy, yes. Uh, Marco Piccolo, I think? Let me... Where is it? Where is it? Give it to me. Holy shit, I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found it. Sounds like a dog. I found it. Martin Coccolo. I was close. Martin Coccolo. Yes. Fan-fucking-tastic art. Yes. I think this is a stronger start to the run than Immortal Hulk number one was. Whoa. That's also a very good first issue, but I feel like this is a better sell to me. So Thor it, is it back. It definitely does a lot of setup and unboxing in its first issue. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Thor is all... I am back, and I'm not moody anymore. I'm the all-father, baby. I am daddy. And then, um, you know, everyone's all, oh my gosh, look, it's Thor. It's our friend and also our dad, I guess. Um, and, and then... He goes to... 
Earth. Mid 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 Earth. Midgard. Mid Earth. Arf. And uh, he's like, oh look, all of my friends, and I love coming here to drink despite outliving everybody. And I'm gonna eat a hot dog with a six-year-old. Yeah. And then. Uh, oh look, a storm is coming. Go away, storm. I want the sunlight. And the storm. storm the storm says, says Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The storm goes. Nice try. I serve another. And then. Um, Evil, evil underworld negative Thor. Thor's shadow, which I am now realizing this is pulling on ideas from Immortal Hulk a lot more than I realized on the first read through. It's kind of the same ideas, I think. It's just covered differently because it's working with a different type of mythology. But like, it's Utgard Thor. Like, it's, they're not... In the, the realm that these gods are from, like Colin likes to say, like, like elder gods or like outer gods, uh-huh. like they're not from the 10 realms. So right. they're bigger yeah. and they're obviously evil and shit because uh, they're, they're like spooky looking and they probably want like destruction or whatever. But like, it's basically like thor's shadow like there you can't have light without there being a shadow. like you know the all the you can imagine all of the philosophical pontifications and shit and then they hit each other Mm -hmm. and then the issue goes holy shit there'll be more Mm -hmm. it feels a little short despite it being bigger and rebuilds the the by fruist the gay bridge the gay bridge it is the gay bridge and uh thor's like wow look at this i definitely won't smash this one again and loki says you're welcome i'm sorry and leaves and everybody goes that was weird that's true uh al ewing's i think first marvel book was uh a, a run on loki that's very very well known um i haven't read it yet hmm. i want to mm-hmm and there is a current Loki run going on, so I'm assuming there'll probably be some relevance right now. I think it's only a miniseries, though. There's, uh... There's, uh... The, the... Warriors Free and Sif Mommy. Ugh. They're chillin'. I wasn't gonna talk about Sif Mommy. But I love how Volstag is drawn identically in every single fucking Thor book. Like, despite art style differences, tonal changes, he's got his stupid hat and, like, a big purple shirt. I love him. Uh, he is me. He is your spirit animal. Yes. Uh, the book ends with a couple of weird pages. There's Utgard others. Utgard, Loki, and... Gaia, which yes. is his mother. Thank you. Dead mommy. Talking with each other like, oh, the shit's starting. Isn't this interesting? Yes. And then there's one final page where a guy climbs into a box and it says, holy shit, Jonathan Hickman is doing the gods. Yeah, that's it's just an excerpt from that. Every I think all of the high profile Marvel books have excerpts from gods right now mm-hmm. for the next few months. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it will have... I was about to say, I don't think it's going to have any bearing on this book, but now that I think about that, they're, like, going into the same territory, so there's yeah. no way that they're not going to, like, they're going to get the fingers in each other's pies, you know? And I think it was a, a Thor character that climbed into the box anyway. I think so. it was one of the Warriors 3. I might be wrong. One of the, the one of the, the one whose name I always forget. Mm-hmm. The one who wears black and is boring. The, um, the, um, the uh, Carrie L.S. looking guy. I always think Green Arrow whenever I see him. Yeah, same uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just like, oh, holy shit, it's a Green Arrow cameo. <laughs> oh, wait. Wrong book. Um, this was just a really enjoyable read. Like, 
it looks fan-fucking-tastic. The proportions are really well done. It's extremely vibrant. The pencils are fucking awesome. There's no panel in here that feels lazy. I like Bad Thor. He's spoopy, and he carries a wheel, and he's like, I'm gonna throw the wheel at you. <laughs> I agree. Um, I do think that the... the Intro and like epilogue pages are the most aesthetically pleasing. There, there is a big art style change. You mean the the opening? the spoopy pages? Oh, I thought you meant the opening page where it's like Al Ewing says, "I have a philosophy major." Don't no, I do, but I do like Al Ewing's philosophy major. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he does or not. No, but I, I do. That's how it comes across. It's like, I went to college for this, and I need to share it with someone. <laughs> That's true. I do, I do dig that, though. I, I, like, I like that in most comics. Anyways, I always like the kind of pretentious, we, we quoted a song or, yeah. a, or a poem in the beginning type yeah. shit. Um, and then you got Stephen King talking about beans being the magical fruit. That's true. I really don't like Stephen King. He's a weird guy. Um, I have, like, no negatives on this book. It didn't feel like it was too setup heavy. I felt like I read a complete book. Um, I think there was less ads in this one than normal because it was, like, a $7 book. It was bigger. I thought it was 5 or 6 bucks. It's 6 or 7 bucks. It's a dollar okay. or two more than most Marvel books. Um, so that's of no... It's probably just because it's the first issue. Well, speaking of Al Ewing... I read a book. Oh, dear God. What did you do? I read Avengers Incorporated. Oh, boy. Avengers. You've been having an Al Ewing-tastic week. Is that a sentence? I made it a sentence. Okay. Um, I will make it legal. Written by Al Ewing. Penciled by Leonard Kirk. And the cover artist is Daniel Acuna. Do you know the cover? Are you familiar with it? Yes. Yes. It's all 50s and shit. Yes. Do they beat women in this book? Not yet. Oh, no, they did. Uh, um. <sighs> this has a weird feeling to it, and I can't quite put my finger on it, and I don't know if I like it. Uh, it's in an undisclosed time setting. Unless I'm stupid. I mean, and, you are stupid. Yeah, but unless I'm stupid about this, and it's referring to a time era that I don't know of, um, it seems like its own thing. Like, they're referring to when Kingpin was mayor and uh, made superheroes illegal or like, suits illegal that was like last year yeah 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 but yeah, 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 yeah. now luke cage is mayor and janet van dyne made we the did avengers. it mrs obama we solved racism Shut up. <laughs> janet van dyne made the avengers and they it seems like they dissolved when kingpin was mayor but <sighs> she was a founding member yeah. So is it like the beginning of the Avengers? Or is it like current day because Kingpin was mayor last year? Or like everybody's dressing up old style so it looks like 50s or 60s maybe? It's very, very strange. It, I needed context and I didn't get any. So it was weird. Um, 
Luke says, uh, one of your old enemies was killed in jail. You were shot in the head. Go find out why. And she was like, really? Why me? It's one of my old enemies. Isn't that a conflict of interest? And he was like, shut up. Go do it. And she was like, okay, fine. Uh, so she goes there and she's investigating. And I liked how um, her investigation kind of went in a circle. She was kind of chasing her tail for a minute. Uh, it felt like an, an actual investigation. <laughs> Um, and then wanted, there were actually six victims that were shot, but none of them died. They all come back and there's a big fight and one of them is division now. Damn. <laughs> it's very weird. This whole book is weird. I don't understand what's going on at all. It's so strange. I'll keep reading it and hope it sticks. Um... Some of the artwork felt a little overdone. It, it, I don't know a whole lot about the artistic process. So what I've seen from Colin is you pencil and then erase and then pencil and then erase and then pencil. And then when you finally like the pencil, you Sharpie and then you color. This felt like there was like one pencil and then heavy Sharpie, a lot. And I didn't like the heavy Sharpie. There were a couple of times where I was like, ooh, maybe tone, tone it down on the Sharpie stage. Huh. Uh, but the colors were cool, and I don't know, very strange book. I have it on my pull list, I'll keep following it, and I'll probably get back to you at the end of this arc, because that'll probably be when I decide if I'm going to keep up with it or not. <laughs> Is it planned to be an ongoing or a, a limited series? I do know. I do know. Would it say that on Marvel's page? Uh, probably. Ugh, make me read. Ugh. weird i don't know it definitely smells like a six issue but i don't know yeah i remember when it was announced i don't think it was announced as anything but i, I just it was announced ages ago so i don't remember quite weird i'll keep up with it we'll see another thing that i bought issue by issue oh i thought you were gonna say out Ewing. damn no not quite i'm not that cool uh i read daredevil and echo uh, uh, it is a four-issue miniseries. I bought it issue by issue. It is going to be collected in a trade sometime shortly. Uh, it is written by Taboo, who is a member of the Black Eyed Peas, who apparently writes comic books sometimes. Weird. I had no idea who the hell this guy was. And I went, oh, damn, I might have read one of these books. Um, and it has art by Phil Noto, who, in Ooh. my experience, is mostly been... Uh, most of the stuff I've read from him is Star Wars books lately. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of hit or miss. Hmm. Uh, I remember liking his art. It's not bad. It's just really, it really depends. Um, so this is 99% of the way through Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto's, you know, legendary run. Yep. It has very little relevance to it, uh, other than Elektra is also Daredevil right now. Ah. But that only is relevant for the first five pages. It's like, wow, look, this this is the time setting the book is in. Anyways. Bonk. Yes. Um, so Daredevil... And Echo, who is awesome, mind you, uh, are both all... There's some suspicious murders of children going on, and they're disappearing. That's not suspicious. That's perfectly normal. It is New York. Um, 
they're disappearing, but they're killing people. They have weird powers, and then they go poof. What the fuck's up with that? We should team up and do a thing. The poof is unacceptable. True. Uh, turns out that they both have ancestors who are involved in a mystery, also crime thingy. Uh, that's relevant to this from like the 1700s, like the founding of New York City. So it's, you know, another Batlin Jack Murdoch. And then uh, I don't remember Echo's great, 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 great grandmother's name. I'd probably pronounce it incorrectly anyways. Um, but they also met up and were trying to defeat the same evil force. Um, basically, when you break it all down, um, there is an eldritch god and then there's like a weird demon goblin lady. She's like the actual bad guy, and then the bigger bad guy is there. <sighs> this book started off really well, and it ended pretty poorly, which is <gasps> so disappointing. Because um, it's really cool. It's like, but what if what if spooky things were real? Would that make... Oh, map? so it's a, it's a Scooby-Doo zombie island. Sure. Yeah. Uh, every good Daredevil story is like, but what if you're wrong, Catholic boy? Um, and I thought that that stuff was pretty neat. Um, I really like Echo's inclusion. Obviously, she's been gaining some popularity lately because of her inclusion in the MCU. She's a really cool character otherwise, um, and it, they make a nice pairing because they have a lot of previous history. She, he's blind, she's deaf, you know. They're made for each other and so on. Um, like, she reads lips, so they still talk to each other. It is funny because sometimes in the book, they're definitely not facing the same direction and they're still talking. You could call that a flaw. I don't care. It's just funny. Um, they meet up with Ghost Rider in the third or fourth issue, and he has to also help them fight the bad demon lady. Um, the writing just gets worse, and that's the thing that was the most frustrating, is the villain is crap. Apparently, she's some other pre-established Marvel villain She's, you know, the servant of some other th person. And one, she looks like the Green Goblin, but she's got fat tits. It's weird. Like, yeah. So, like, it's just weird. Like, I don't get the point. It's off-putting. Um, and it just, it wasn't, I don't think it was set up very well. Um, it didn't smell like set up for anything else, but it just didn't. I don't entirely know what the point was here. Um, the Eldritch God stuff I thought was handled fairly well, even though it comes in mostly just at the end. Uh, Daredevil has like a sit down in purgatory with his ancestor man and like the weird, a weird fish God. And they're like talking about how their souls are linked or whatever the fuck. That was neat. Um, they, they save all the kids and they banish the demon to hell. Um, the last issue was really not great. It felt super rushed, not just on writing front, but on art front. It definitely seemed like this wasn't either planned super well from the beginning or they weren't meeting deadlines great. Um, I agree. It just felt sloppier. Uh, the art starts off really strong as well. Some of the best Phil Noto stuff I've seen. Very good color palettes by the colorist. The pencils are strong. It looks cool. No real notes on that. It just kind of gets lower effort as it goes on. The action scenes are not good. He's very stilted. Um, in the way he draws people. So the action scenes are very bland. Um, and by the end of the book, they're just like throwing quips at each other. And it's like, I, the spirit of vengeance, will banish you to hell. And it's like, I read Ghost Rider books for a living, basically. Mm -hmm. He is the tackiest, dorkiest character alive. And that was rough. Okay. <laughs> so that was just weird. Um, there was a lot of alternate covers that I thought were really fucking awesome. 
Uh, a lot of them focused on incorporating a lot of, of Native American like motifs and styles in a very Americanized comic book fashion. But I thought that those were really cool. Um, yeah. I bought it for, uh, in total, it would have been about $18 for all of them. I got it through Jetpack on, uh, on my pull list. Um, I would say it's worth a read if you buy the book on sale. Like, it's not bad. It's a decent, like, speed read, I guess. You know, one of those, that's right, type books. That's too bad. Um, it's just a shame because it started off really, really strong. And there's a lot of really interesting elements that just don't get stitched together very well. Back to you. I'm trying to think of a segue, but I got nothing. You know how I've been reading Batman books? Mm-hmm. I got one more. It's oh, this you, one. Then you can shut the fuck up forever. Not forever. Damn. Aha. I read Batman, One Bad Day, Raz or Raish Al Ghul. I won't, I won't go there. I don't know how it becomes Raish. There's no H. Whatever. Languages, man. Mm. I don't even understand English. Uh, sub, sub, subtitle, Batman Won't Save You. Written by Tom Taylor, penciled by Ivan Reese. Inked by Danny Mickey, colored by, lettered by... This is about Raza Rachel Gould. Uh, he had a rough childhood, and he remembers it every time he goes through the Lazarus Pit to be reborn. It was, uh, he, he bursts out of the pool kind of like Wolverine does when he's getting his uh, adamantum implants. And his daughter's standing there, not even holding a towel for him, and says, it's gonna be okay. Like, lady, your dad's balls are hanging out right now. Honestly, okay, can I be honest? I, whenever I read their dynamic, something always smells weird there. Yeah. I will not elaborate, yeah. but it just, it, there, because it's such a weird, like, power dynamic. Like, that one frame could have been drawn with her holding a towel in front of where his balls is. Yes. But it's not, no towel. I don't like it. I think it's also just because they're constantly changing their ages with how much they die and come back to life. And, like, her whole thing is, like, I will rape and seduce Batman and stuff. And he's like, yes, that is good. Do that for me. And it's like, wait, what? So then, someone... His dog dies. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna burn the world down. So he goes after the top 1% Illuminati freaking world's top 10 billionaires or whatever. Top 10 anime betrayals. Kills them all. Batman comes over and is like, you're not going to do that. And Ra's al Ghul says, actually, I am. And kills Batman and keeps him locked up away from the Lazarus pit until he's done killing the top 1% Illuminati top 10 anime betrayals. And then brings Batman back. <laughs> and then Ra's al Ghul dies. And then he goes to the pool again. And when he comes to, the world is all good again. It's amazing, and it, it's, the whole world has been reborn, just like Grasshopper was in the Lazarus Pit. There's no more problems in the world, and that's the end of the book. <laughs> Symbolism and shit. I do like it when he does eco-terrorism, though. 
They forget that a lot. Yeah, but it kind of comes across as, well, what if we kill Elon Musk and then the whole world will have all of its problems fixed? I will not break TOS on YouTube. Don't make me answer the Fed questions. <laughs> Fed boy. Killing the Illuminati might fix a problem or two, but it's not going to make the world a great green planet with no problems ever. Why has no book ever been Rachel Ghoul and Poison Ivy? I'm just Ooh, saying they should be besties. Book. Yes. Um, if I remember right, the covers were unimpressive again. The, these are better covers than the last book, but I really don't like Giuseppe's covers through this whole series. Which one? supple on my nuts. This book includes a lot of black and white pages yeah. from from the book, and those are amazing. The uh, freaking penciler slash inker team on this book are freaking god tier. Yeah, uh, Ivan Rice has done some weird stuff, but he's like a very late two thousands. I think was his like peak in popularity. He did a lot of Superman stuff. The Bill Sankowitz cover goes hard as fuck. I like both of those. Bill is, like, one of the best guys to ever walk the planet. I will die on that hill. I don't like either of these guys. Mm. Their covers have sucked. $18. Hardcover. Seems a bit steep, to be honest. Bought it. Stay away. Um, they'll look nice on the shelf. Side by 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 side. Definitive ranking. Go. Oh, gosh. You brought this upon yourself, ball yeah, man. Yeah, I, I gotta bring up the list, though. So I don't forget one. And then you comment and be like, Actually, you forgot this one. I gave it four out of five stars. Because it looks good. And it read fairly well. I just didn't really fully appreciate the ending. So out of Riddler. It is a very Tom Taylor ending, and I say that very lovingly, but it is a very Tom Taylor ending. I would say Clayface, Mr. Freeze, Russell Ghoul, Riddler, uh, Bane, Penguin, Two-Face, Catwoman. Final answer. That's, I guess, acceptable. Catwoman ranked the worst because of the stupid cliffhanger ending on a, a one single issue. Clearly not going to be continued. What are you actually doing? True. I was so pissed off when I read that. <laughs> I was so mad. The ball is in your court now. I read. That was a sport ball reference. The puck <gasps> is in my mitt. Mm, sure. I am the goalie. Who pucks in your mitt, though? I'm cool, and I caught it, idiot. You don't puck your own mitt? I'll puck your own mitt. <laughs> I read a certified hood classic. I've heard that before. Ah, this is true. Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. Did you know that this book existed? No, you didn't. Until I told you. Because this book has not been republished in 10 years, and I don't know why. 
So the doctor is in. What? The doctor is in. Yeah. Yes, he is in my ass. So this was like in the late '80s, early '90s. This was pre-Hellboy Mike Mignola art. Whoa! So that's cool. Uh, You can see the roots of a lot of it, um, and it is very good. It's very aesthetically pleasing, and it's written by Roger Stern, who was a like heavy hitter during the '80s. Uh, So this is a graphic novel, and then it includes some assorted tidbits, like some other older issues that are like vaguely relevant of stuff. But just the graphic novel is like 100 pages or so. Uh, so it's written in old school comic way. Mm-hmm. But in good, but it's good. There's thought Whoa. bubbles everywhere. There is no epic voiceover. People just think to themselves. It's adorable. Uh, there is, it's covered in text, but in a good way. So uh, there's a tournament thing every 100 years or whatever to be the next Sorcerer Supreme Everyone thinks that Strange shouldn't be the Sorcerer Supreme because that smells weird, and all the other magicians from uh. from around the world are like, we don't like ya. And then, guess who enters the room? Metal Boy himself, uh, Dr. Doom, and is like, you know I'm a better magician than all of you fucking peasants, right? And then they do like a big tournament thing, um, which wait, has, wait, of wait, course... Wait. They actually let Dr. Doom do magic things? Yes. Holy crap. I know, back when he did magic, like, regularly. It, I, that's the best part of his character, is he is half technology, half magic. It, I love that. It's so good. So, um, he met the Ancient One a bajillion years ago, and the Ancient One said, mm, I don't know, man, you smell sussy. Get the fuck out of my cave. <laughs> so he's salty. He went and became, you know, a crazy good sorcerer. Um, his, like, le- one of his multiple lifelong missions is to rescue his mother from hell <laughs> because she wa- fell in with the wrong people and, you know, did a human sacrifice or whatever. You know, the usual sad, sad romantic boy wants to save his dead mom. Um, and he teams up with Doctor Strange when they both win the tournament. And Well, Doctor Strange wins because Doom cheated or whatever the fuck. And then... That means you, as the new Sorcerer Supreme, have to grant a wish to the next in line. So Doom is like, come to hell with me, you bitch. And then they do an epic training montage of getting all their magic juices, and then they go to hell. And literally fight Mephisto for his mother's soul. It's <gasps> the coolest shit. Mephisto confirmed. Shut the fuck up. Um, I had to say it, Colin's not here. The premise on this is awesome. Um, and I really like... The, the the well done like older style of comic writing um, it's nice as a break from very modern stuff reading thought bubbles just feels good sometimes you know instead of the very dramatic pretentious like voiceless voiceover crap that we get all the time um, the art is definitely not Mignola's best but you can see the beginnings of a lot of things he'll use in Hellboy um, there isn't a lot of ink in this in comparison to what Mignola would do later hmm. So you can definitely see him being, you know, learning from, his, you know, as he works and he's like, oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Inkerman, just drop a nuke on it and make it all black. <laughs> um, so you can kind of piece together little things. There's a lot of weird eldritch beasts and shit that they have to fight. Mephisto looks awesome. Um, and I think it's just a really good example of like good character writing for the two leads it's not overly long. Doctor Strange is a very stagnant character. It's it, like he doesn't have an arc in this. 
But he learns to trust Doom a little more. Doom learns to be less of a shithead. He has, like, you know, contingencies on contingencies. He has to learn to let go, and it's it's all really good stuff. Um, instead of Doom just being like, wow, he's basically like, like Hitler, but, like, not racist. You know? Like, I, I get tired of that being the thing. It... Yes, he is an egotistical maniac, but, like, he does have particular goals in his life, and I like addressing them. Um, and I think the pacing is really, really good. It's not a long book at all. The trade is twice as thick as the actual, like, main story. Uh, the backup issues are just, oh, here's another time where Doom fought for his mommy's soul or whatever. Stuff like that, which oh. I didn't really read because they're pretty old um and i have difficulty reading like 70s comics mm -hmm. um but it was definitely cool to be included here's the kicker i bought this for 50 bucks <gasps> off of ebay because it's been out of print for like 10 years that means it's collectible maybe uh most copies are floating around the 50 to like a hundred dollar mark right mm -hmm. now so mm -hmm. <sighs> i feel like my purchase was was worth it i will read this again in a heartbeat it's amazing. It's collected really well. It just... Why is this not republished? This is an incredible story. It's short. It's to the point. It features two really cool and fairly popular characters. It has Mike Mignola art. Like, how the hell is this thing not, like, selling gangbusters all the time? Imagine in Doctor Strange 3 when he's in hell with his wife Clea... And then Dr. Doom is there. How that's going to triple the worth of this book for you. Kill me now. <laughs> I hate the speculator market. Um, I would say if you're not, if somehow you're not interested in the premise or any of the people involved, don't buy it for $50. I think its cover price is about 20 That's totally reasonable for this. If you can find it anywhere else for less, do it. Like this, I do it. I, it's so good. I would have bought this for more if I had to. Like, this is one of the best books I've read this year by a long shot. Wow. And I didn't even know it existed except, like, five minutes ago. Like, I was just scrolling through Goodreads looking for Doctor Strange limited and miniseries. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I went, holy shit, Doctor D Mike? And then I immediately went on eBay to go find it. Yep. That's cool. You know what else is cool? Money. Yes. Doctor cool. Doom has piles of money. Cool we want cash. piles of money. Cold hard cash that he stores in his iron boots. You know. I thought you were gonna say his iron bikini. He probably has a big breastplate. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, you, but he just slides like coins into the eye holes. He's got. Uh, <laughs> when he runs, it jingles. A two-inch thick steel banana hammock. Wood. Mm -hmm. Um. If you want to help financially support us so we too can buy cast iron banana hammocks, <laughs> go to patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros network. We owe a big thank you to Caitlin and Jeff Lorenz, our two patrons. There's a bunch of different tiers with cool rewards. We have stickers, bookmarks. Uh, we have exclusive segments and clips that get put on there, including dime comic bros happy hour, where we crack open a drink, talk about random bullshit. Sometimes it's nerd stuff, sometimes it's not. We do that after most episodes. I don't know how to break this to you. I don't think I have the hips for a cast iron banana hammock. Nah, dude, you can pull it off. I don't think so. We'll make it work. Fine, we'll make it out of aluminum. All right, there, that'll work. It won't rust. <laughs> it's non-metallic. <laughs> it won't set off the, the detectors at the airport. Magneto won't pants me. That's true. 
Um, you also get early access to all of our podcasting shenanigans over there, uh, as well as just some cool other junkage. So if you want to give us money and get more of our talking about bikinis, which happens a lot, it turns out. Does it? It's a running theme. Um, There's also me and my comic book chastity belt from way back in the day. Oh, yeah. Deep cuts. That was like, that was a solid three years ago. You know what else is a running joke? Feet. Shut the fuck up. There's a couple layers to that. <laughs> Kill Elon Musk. Um. Okay, Rach. <laughs> Stop beating my tables with your body. You know what else I beat with my body? Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. You they, walk into their doors and tables too? I do actually, because the, the their back door slants downwards, like the hallway is not even, and I I fall over and roll down it like a boulder sometimes. Uh, there are local comic shop. Go support your local comic book shops. You know what else you hit there is the poster in the back for good luck. Slap it a poster. If you have a booger, pick it and then put it on Colin oh. until he comes oh, back. Okay, yeah. And Colin, then when yeah. he comes back, we have to get a photo of him taking all the boogers off of it and eating them. I bet there's only one booger there and it's probably his. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, they're our local comic shop. They're great. Great people, great products and cool stuff. Uh, comics is a weird and constantly dying industry. Buy your shit locally if you can. Don't give Jeff Bezos money. And kill this this the CEO of X. In this book, <laughs> they almost literally say the one of those rich dickheads that made a penis-shaped spacecraft and went to space because he's got too much money. I will show you. I know, I read it. Oh. I, I read the book, bro. I was there. Yeah, you mean when when like, Jeff Bezos was, was, like, he brought Bill Shatner to space, and Bill Shatner was like, oh my god, I was in space, it's incredible. He turns out is getting kind of shitty these days, but even he was like, I was in space, this is fucking incredible, what the hell? And then Jeff Bezos just pops, like, a champagne in the background, I was like, woo, we went to space! It's like, damn, you really are insufferable. <laughs> god, I hate them all so much. Uh, tune in for the news next week. Yeah. Wow. 